Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. I have someone very special joining me on the podcast today. Um, his name is Marcus Weston. Say hi. Hello. And um, the reason why I'm so excited to share this with you guys is because um, many of you know that my sort of journey into spirituality started with Kabbalah. And one of the things that I really um, connected with it on is the fact that it's so practical. And um, Marcus, who is here today, you know, and I've probably never said this to you directly, Marcus, but you know, the way that you frame ego and getting radically kind of honest about you know, where you're the one getting in your own way and getting really intimate with how you kind of sabotage yourself or talk to yourself. And, um, you know, I think that there's not enough discussion perhaps on the way that Kabbalah understands ego and the way that you kind of help people navigate around that. So I'm really excited to have you on today. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> so let's just go super back to basics. And I want to ask you how you define ego. So I, I say I, my, my journey has been in the, in the very, very wide birth research of ego and consciousness pathways. I've never found a more detailed, a more practical and a deeper explanation of the ego than is Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. And in it, what is extraordinary is 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 the Kabbalists say, what if ego is not the enemy? I think what most people see as the ego is it's it's quite a lifelong menace, right? Whether it's the kind of the arrogant thing, the superiority thing, the, the lack of self-esteem thing, the ego death thing. I think whichever way you slice it, ego is 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 an issue and it's the enemy. What the Kabbalists say is is it turns it on on, on, on its head. What if the ego is not the enemy? What if your ego is actually a very dedicated trainer, a personal trainer, a personal lifelong trainer who, who, who is going to curate for you the most extraordinary journey to your own success? What if that ego was a trainer that will never let you be? Like a nasty teacher in school who in the moment you can't stand and you complain and moan about, but 20 years later, you actually attribute your success to. It's that kind of energy. Yes, it's an internal opponent, but it's not supposed to be the life enemy we think. It's supposed to be an energy that we are somehow meant to leverage to our betterment. And I think, um, you know, that's that really does reframe it all of a sudden, the second you even hear that, as I'm even hearing you say it. 
I feel it differently in my bones, right? Because I think, um, you know, like you say, we've been taught to kind of almost like run from those, from that internal opponent, right? Or to kind of spiritualize over it. But, you know, one of the best things that I learned from you and from, you know, within the context of Kabbalah is that, um, you know, actually, if you listen to it and prioritize listening to it and try and figure out exactly what it's saying to you, um, it it is the doorway to unlocking, uh, you know, your next level wherever at any point in your in your in your journey. Yeah, because if you think about it, the, the only thing that you cannot avoid in life is change. Right. Everything else you can you can almost get past even death these days. At some point soon, there'll there'll be a bypass, right? At some point soon, you know, biological immortality already exists. So, so that's only going to get you know more more practical for for us us folk. But the one thing that you can't avoid is change. You cannot avoid not consistently to reinvent yourself, to transform yourself, to evolve yourself, and you have the choice to do that in one of two ways. You can either do it proactively. You can change proactively, but if you don't change proactively, that inevitable change will be extracted from you reactively, and there comes the ego. You see, it's a difficult process where the ego knocks in and suggests and provokes change, but it's a change that deep down in the soul we want. It's like a bailiff. It's like a bailiff, because what's a bailiff? A bailiff knocks on your door. It's not comfortable, but probably you owe the money. You had some kind of a contract that you didn't honor and probably you owe the money. So who owns the ego? Who does the bailiff work for? Mm. And the truth is the ego works for the soul. The ego is your soul servant in some mm. level. And, 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 you know, it's an extraordinary thing the Kabbalists present that you've got these two inimitable forces in, in, in inside of you. Mm. And, and you can't change necessarily the destination of your life because you don't want your destination is is ultimately your, your greatest success and highest purpose, which your soul and your ego are going to deliver. What mm. you can change is not the destination, but, but, but the means of transport, mm. right? You can, you can fly private jet or you can have a, a, <laughs> a, a, a leash around your neck and be dragged <laughs> into change. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the, the frame of soul and ego that's, uh, mm. that's discussed. I think it's really, um, you know, just to extract one sentence that you said that is so not to be skipped over is that the ego works for the soul, right? Yeah. And so there is a level of, and this is another profound thing that I learned from from you and, and your colleagues is that the ego is is customized to you for you. Yes. yes. Oh. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, again, the, the general purpose of everyone's life, according to Kabbalah, is that we're here to evolve and change and grow and transform and reinvent. And that seems to be something I, I believe most people understand. Mm -hmm. But there is a fact that Kabbalists suggest that each one of us is also here for very, very particular individual divine reasons that only us can achieve. No one before nor after us could there really is something very purpose for, for each one of us. And that's why the premise of studying Kabbalah is that really nothing's by coincidence. Because if nothing is by coincidence and we're victim to nothing or no one, therefore the power of each of our words and thoughts and actions becomes so important for us to understand and believe in. 
But if nothing's by coincidence, then clearly nor are we. Mm. And so the purpose we're here for is very particular. And therefore, our curated ego is going to line a path that is very individual. And my issues won't be your issues. There, there are no thou shalt not be angry. Because maybe for some people, anger can be helpful. Maybe in such a deep place of trauma or pain or suppression, maybe the first stage is to just dump with anger and frustration everything that was locked. So everyone has a very particular pathway, but assuredly on each pathway lies many lessons of ego to learn, to identify and transcend. Mm. And that's, I think, so key because I think we live in a world where we're looking for these hard and fast rules, like everyone, successful people should act this way or whatever. And I love that Kabbalah breaks that down, especially through the concept of the ego, because it's so particular to you and because of what you said about everyone being on such an individual journey that you can't look at someone else that you want what they have and go well if I just copy paste then I'll be as happy or fulfilled or any of insert any other things we want (laughs) I I find that in classes we we, once you start talking about the ego and we we run workshops where you get to meet yourself which is quite an interesting idea because many people don't know themselves as I'm sure you know uh, uh with with everything wonderful you do but, but when you get to meet yourself, that's quite interesting because there are so many facets of self that we're unaware of that are so concealed. And as you start to unlock that, the question that everyone in class asks is, okay, what do I do about that? What's the formula here? What's mm-hmm. the pill? Give me the, <laughs> the fix, right? You just expose some kind of, you know, shocking moment. So, so let's fix that very fast. And, and what we do is quite nasty, but, um, but it's so helpful because we, we, the, the homework becomes, no, go sit in it. Mm. Go sit in it for a week, right? Come back next week and we'll show you the formula. But by, the, by then you'll have the formula yourself, by the way, which is far a bigger lesson. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, we, we, we're in such a, a quick fix culture to actually sit in the midst of darkness and find your own light is hugely powerful. And, and to, to, to feel a little bit down and know that it's okay is hugely powerful because as you're learning new things about yourself and you're peeling the layers on what really has caused all the chaos of your life, mm. as you're getting into that kind of depth and learning to see yourself in this new light and finding new strengths that you have to transcend that, yes. that that's, that's forever powerful to you. Mm. it's that ability to realize that you're more capable than you thought you were if you just spent your life avoiding it um and i remember one of the really uh you know kabbalah has shaped and i say this all the time it's shaped so much of the foundation of the way that i understand spirituality and you know i you know took all of your um amazing power of kabbalah classes um there are what now six six uh levels that you're doing it's about six thousand, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> we, we keep adding and adding. There's like four thousand years of history, so it seems I mean, to be never ending. But but it's yeah. a lifetime to cram. Yeah, you could spend the whole time 
studying Kabbalah and do nothing else. Yeah. It's, it is tempting, trust me. <laughs> Once you get into it, guys, it's, uh, it, this comes with an addictive <laughs> warning, <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I think is so profound is that, you know, when you first talk about ego, kind of you touched upon it in the beginning of this um, recording, is that, you know, people think it's like being a show off or being full of yourself or whatever. But, and I forget who it was in, in the center that told me, put it this way to me of like hidden ego right and ego isn't just thinking you're amazing it's equally egoic to put yourself down right because the ego also loves to create that kind of separation and that was definitely something that I had a lot of um so I would love if you can just talk about that as a concept and explain why that's just as much of an ego uh trip if you will as the obvious ego that we think in society is is ego right it's it's so interesting, and again, this is this is really a kind of passion, possibly obsession, but but it's such a such a joy um, to to get to understand the secrets of life. It's and it's really there to be taken. Everyone can, you know, within within hours they they get this, and it's fascinating how life can change so fast. The the, the ego is the counterpart to your soul. Your soul represents your life purpose and your creativity. Each one of us is here to achieve, to climb that ladder of, of, of life. And, and, and therein lies one's happiness and success and so on. So any force that stops you from believing that you can create, clearly we would define as egotistical. Mm. And possibly the greatest force of ego, therefore, is lack of self-belief. Lack of self-esteem. Now, it seems that lack of self-esteem is, well, I think I'm in nothing and therefore I have no ego. And I hear this in class. I have yeah. no ego. Mm -hmm. I have no ego because I, I, I you know, I, I, I have no sense of self. That's the biggest ego. Oh, that's <laughs> the biggest ego because you're denying your own creativity. You're denying your own purpose. You're denying your own power in the ultimate way. And it's, 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 it's so difficult. I think one of the reasons why I fell in love with, with, with the study of Kabbalah, because it has such depth and profundity on the, the, the ancient study of heat of, of, of ego, of ego is I think I grew up also in, in, in massive, no self-esteem. And, and, and the more I learned about anger, fear, judgment, jealousy, negativity, control, it's kind of, you can you can almost track back slices of my life where I was ensconced in that kind of world. And so it has so much depth to me because I, I've lived there. And, mm -hmm. and, and self-esteem is such a huge one. It's it's painful to see people that 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 don't believe in themselves. But but the, the answer is if you don't know yourself, you can't believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you do know yourself, you you will believe in yourself because you'll love what you can do. Mm. And and you just have to get to know yourself, which is the pathway and your soul and your ego will show that. Mm. In many ways, I think it's a more comfortable ego to have because you think, you know, we've been raised in society to think that makes us kind of humble and, you know, no one's going to look right. at us and judge us. And, you know, it's right. almost like the safer one to have. Um, and I yeah. would also add only from just, um, you know, going through these kind of things myself and hopefully getting better at it is that again, I can kind of like hear people trying to categorize, well, do I think really well of myself or do I not think really well of myself? And I think actually there's probably areas where we all have both, you know, there's places where you kind of, you know, are a bit kind of thinking you're better than other people or telling yourself you're extra special in ways that are not 
truth with a capital T or not the important ways, let's say, um, and places where you put yourself down and there are places where you are jealous. It's like, it's almost yeah. like we try to fixate on one or two different things that we specifically are. And of course we have our own karmic path. But for me, I've really learned that one of the places where it's like a double ego trip is where you say, well, I, I, this is my lot. This is just my thing to learn. And all these other people have different stuff. You know, this is not my thing to look at because I never feel jealous. Right. Whereas what you taught me is to almost like stalk the places where you feel jealous. It won't be the same place that someone else is jealous, but if you see that, like go find it. Yeah. I think, I think you mentioned so many good things. I mean, first of all, there is a very helpful flag to identify the ego around the world of comfort. So where you feel comfortable, that normally is the ego's first line of attack. So for example, like you say, a person who feels that they're pleasing or they're doormatting or their loss of esteem doesn't give them the voice to express themselves. Well, actually, it's more comfortable just to be at the effect of everyone else than take the risk of mm. finding your own voice and controversially standing up and expressing yourself. It's more comfortable. And so the comfort zone is very much the uh, the tag of the ego. And 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 yes, I think what's fascinating about the ego as well is as longer you study, you start to find the roots. Because it doesn't matter. Everyone, I think, feels occasionally angry, frustrated, lacking. We have moments of sadness. We have moments of laziness. We procrastinate. I think everyone can relate to some frame of ego. But when you take those branches and you try and find the root, mm. that's when your life can change quickly. Mm. Because you have the very controlling energy of why everything is happening to you. Yes. And it there's, it's always pointing you back. I guess you could say it's always pointing you back to the same thing that you're probably blind to. Um, and that's where it's helpful, right? That's where it, it is a, um, it's like an inbuilt way of seeing your, it's like an inbuilt GPS on what to work on next, I guess, um, based on, yeah. you know, what feelings come up in your life and what circumstances, especially is, you know, if nothing is a coincidence and it's all custom designed, then your reactions. And that's the next thing I kind of want to ask you about is our reactions, our reactive nature, um, is very, obviously very closely tied, uh, from the Kabbalistic teachings. It's very, very closely tied to, um, ego. Yes. Not, not that one shouldn't be responsive to life because, because we mm -hmm. need to be active and we're here, the Kabbalists say, to co-create, mm -hmm. to become godlike. We're here to become the creators of our own destiny, to become captains of our own ships, right? We're here because life is participatory. And, and so it's not that one should be passive, mm -hmm. but, but, but one has to look at the basis of our actions. In other words, what really is the motivation behind what we do? Mm -hmm. Is it at the effect of our environment or is it at the cause of ourself? And that's a key question because that's what creates proactive or reactive responses, whether you really are in control of what you're doing or whether the universe is constantly eliciting a response from you. The person says this, 
that situation doesn't happen. He let me down. All these things make me react. And perhaps I'm justified because they're wrong and I'm right, but that's also the ego. Mm. And the fact that the universe is, is triggering me in direction means I'm not in control. I'm the effect of my environment, which means the ego is normally running that show. Mm. And then you can get in all sorts of tricks the ego plays, right? Because, I mean, the, 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 if you break down all those common reactions of anger and jealousy and laziness and sadness and fear, and you know, it, it becomes quite fascinating to see how the ego just toys with us. Like we're like puppets on the string half a day. You know, yeah. we're, we're just being toyed with. The ego is just pushing us and we're, we're weak to not respond in any other way. I think you once said to me a long time ago that the ego is like the cleverest spin doctor <laughs> that there is. Um, you know, it will constantly outwit you no matter how, you know, unless yeah. you get unless you get really familiar with it, unless you, you know, learn the tools that, um, you know, the very practical, doable tools that pretty much, you know, that anyone can do the way that you guys uh, break it down and make it so easy to understand is so unmurky. It's obviously very deeply spiritual, but there's nothing that is ungrounded about it. There is nothing that is vague. Um, I think a lot of spirituality, um, I think a lot of the reason why I didn't connect to a lot of it is because it's like, believe in yourself or have faith in the universe, but there's like a missing of, okay, but oh. how? Yeah. you know, and why, and tell me about the mechanics behind it and the energetics yeah. and what is the purpose of believing in yourself and why would I want to, and beyond it yeah. just sounding nice, right? Like a nice idea. Um, yeah. so, you know, this it's funny. I, I always, I always, am, am shocked in a very good way by how within one hour of class, mm. you kind of have this ability to, we, we, we literally take life in this very kind of buckshot this broad concept and, and you put your entire life into that because each of us have pretty crazy lives and we have work and family and home and relationships and spousal relationships and kids and and, and career and money and finance and friends and hobbies and and and, and so many things and that those things happen every day but when you stick them into a funnel and you can distill that funnel down to a singular message that each one of those challenges are possibly testing you with, with mm. one message to gain, mm. one message. Life becomes at that point simple, not easy because it's not easy, mm. but at least it's simple. At least there's mm. clarity and focus. Mm -hmm. and, and that's easy to deliver. It's easy to get to a person to that place. You can't necessarily change a person for them, but you can at least have them see viscerally what needs to change. Mm. Well, I, I think that's a, that is a particular skill um, of yours and of Kabbalah as a system, because I think there is a lot of um, confusion in the spiritual uh, space or amongst spiritual seekers, because you know, without this um, kind of like system to hold you, you know, you do need support, especially in the beginning when you're first starting, you need understanding, you need clarity. The clarity is, like you said, I mean, it is 90% of the of the work, right? So, mm. um, you know, without it, you, you can't even unlock the door, I guess. Um, but, you know, it is one of the most, I would say, um, big investments in and as you said like you know and i've been in those rooms like where things can happen so quick 
when you're able to really get down to the 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 sort of honest truth and this is this is how you do it and this is why and there's also something so reassuring about realizing that you're not like we all have this it's this happens to all of us this is the same rules of the game for everybody and so yes you may think that I don't know your this and that and whatever is more shameful to have than someone else's but really the ability to sit in a room with loads of other people hear about other people's ego hear that people's ego is the same as yours and then different than yours and whatever it's it's very it, it removed for me anyway it removes the shame of that because it's just part of and parcel of being here yeah i i um there was a there was a, a course i was giving in new york not so long ago and and uh, uh it was just an intro class about what is kabbalah and how to understand consciousness and how to understand yourself and your soul and your purpose and and, and relationships and success and various things mm -hmm. and i'm standing by the door just talking to some people and and he's hovering on the way out i just get the sense he wants to talk so i turn to him you know how's it going and we strike up this lovely conversation he's kind of interesting character. he's got a very very kind of white long beard like a wizard or santa claus or something and and he just intrigued me with his eyes i remember when i first went his eyes were just so warm and loving like you just love the guy just for his energy just you can see in his eyes so we start talking and and after about five minutes he's asking questions about the cabal and the course and the practicality and various things and and i say you know what what brought you here today and he says, well, I've never heard of Kabbalah before, but I was walking past the door and I saw people look kind of happy. And so I thought I'd just come in. So I said, oh, you know, why were you passing the door? He goes, well, I go to a suicide watch group. He says, the last 20 years, I have been contemplating suicide. And at that point, you know, I kind of, I wasn't sure if I was qualified to take this much further, right? Mm -hmm. I know people, but but there are some things professionally that I just don't, I, I know I don't know. But we kept talking, we kept talking. And, and he said, you know, the changes that have happened in the last month have taken me from thinking of committing suicide to now wanting to commit suicide. And so I'm navigating that and I'm thinking, this is it. So I said, well, you know, you definitely should come to the course then. <laughs> I mean, and he smiled and, and mm -hmm. kind of laughed. And we just had this kind of rapport and, and, and it kind of took the edge off the conversation. He came to the course. The course is 10 weeks. It's an hour a week. And at the end of the course, this very interesting thing happens where, where we all sit together and people just share miracle stories. And it's really quite miraculous. People for 10 hours get to deal with life issues in dramatic ways. And so this guy put his hand up, first of all, in the, in the big class. And he says, you know, I don't think anyone here knows me properly. I've kind of kept myself to myself in the, in the course. But I met Marcus 10 weeks ago, and I, I wanted to kill myself, he said. And at that point, everyone kind of turned to him in, in horror. And he says, but you know what's interesting? I've been studying Kabbalah now for nine hours, and that's it. And for the first time in my life, I want to live because I see there's a purpose to live and there's a purpose to me. And I have a suspicion 
that if I take this one step further, I might be able to not just live, but I might be able to save thousands of peoples of lives who are in the same boat as me. Right? And, and I, I, you know, we, we've become great friends and we're still in touch and he's, he's a special character, but it's a dramatic story. But I think everyone has a piece of that. Mm. I don't think people are inspired by life every second. I don't think mm -hmm. people get the purpose of every moment. Most people think, why on earth does this happen to me? Yeah. And certainly, I think if you ask, you know, 100 people on the street, what's the exact purpose of you? Mm -hmm. I don't think many, if any, could really answer. No. And we, we live this mediocrity, this kind of numbness. And we get on and try and make the best we can and do the best we can. And we're missing the big picture and the big fruits of how majestic and rewarding life can be. And it's not psychological. It's not just a kind of a head play that you can make yourself happy in the chaos. No, right. you can pierce through the chaos and your soul is supposed to. And if you know what your ego is, it'll show you the path. Mm -hmm. And to know that that's possible like you said, if you're not even in that extreme example, I think everybody wants to feel like they can have a life that is, you know, more fulfilling and more delightful every day and to wake up. Um, you know, obviously we want to have the, you know, our dream work life and our dream this and our dream that, but you know, something I've really learned is you can have all of those things and still be miserable on paper, because if you haven't, if you're not happy with who you've become, that's, it doesn't feel like anything um or definitely not as much right no. so i feel no. like um what this promise is 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 a way out of your um internal discomfort and not only that but once you know how to kind of like mm, dance with and understand the reason and the perfect design behind everything that happens to you um then you actually can like you you know like they say so well in in kabbalah is like we're here to transform the chaos like the chaos is not just supposed to endlessly happen to us it comes to us so that we can, you know, uh, alchemize it into something into something different. Yeah, that, that's one of the first stages. It's the idea that, that can you accept the idea that, that your life is part of a perfect plan? Mm. It doesn't mean your life is perfect because we, we constantly experience the imperfections of life, the frustrations of life, the lack. Most of us live with lack. And that's really the, the, the feeding, the fodder of the ego. Because the second our consciousness reacts with lack, that's what the ego can, can latch onto and then frustrate us with. But if you have the consciousness, my life's part of a perfect plan. My life is part of a perfect plan. And therefore, why would my success need this? Mm. If my life is part of a perfect plan, why would my success need this? Why is this in my movie? To what purpose? Because I know somehow it has to be beneficial. I know that I, with the faculty of my soul, can leverage anything negative to positive. I know that, that, that somehow not being a victim suggests that I cannot blame others or circumstance for something in my life, but rather there is within me a strength to be able to transform this into something beneficial. And we know that because if you look back at your life, there are probably many situations where you've been faced with a horror. And unfortunately, we're all faced occasionally with those kinds of horrors. But then eventually, after some time, 
we describe that moment as possibly the most valuable of my life. Mm-hmm. That was one of the most valuable, difficult, painful, but extraordinary lessons of my entire life. It's defined me in some reason. Mm-hmm. And um, if those things are going to happen to us anyway, then at least we have um, options of how we can, how high we can go uh, from that from that thing. So when you talk about lack, I just want to really get granular for people. Can you give an example of how, for example, a lack thought would create someone to be controlling? Because I don't think, I think when people talk about lack, we know that lack is maybe like not enough money or not enough whatever. And and so it's easy to see in places like that, but lack in some more maybe subtle um, ways that it- Well, well, one of the most common and simplest ways to understand lack is just the belief system that challenges are bad. Mm. How many times a day are we challenged? How many times a day do we go through things that we'd rather not experience or we push towards, (laughs) right? Probably quite a few. So, So the question is, what do you meet that life fact with? What in your head, what belief system, what thought do you meet that life fact with? And if it is the consciousness and the belief that, oh, God, that's bad, Mm. right? This challenge is bad. This test is unwanted. Why me? It's not fair. Mm. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror? You've let me down, right? If you have that consciousness of lack, then what you're saying is my life is not part of a perfect plan. Or if you do believe life's part of a perfect plan, Something has gone badly wrong right now. <laughs> this is the <laughs> exception. Life is spiritual in a classroom. You know, we were in a classroom, life's perfect. When we're sitting at dinner parties, we're spiritual and we're so conscious and we have, but, but, but we moan most of the day, mm. right? And, and that's the problem. So, so in that moment, in that moment, when you have that thought, this is bad, This has gone wrong. This is awful. You're to blame, right? Mm. Poor me. Mm. Then that that place of lack has disconnected you from the very process that was there to evolve you. You've disconnected from the very light you want to help you change, to help you evolve, to grow you into the success that you dream of. That process to evolve you, you've just rejected. That's the problem with lack. That's really powerful because it's like, that is the opposite of trusting life, right? We all say that that's how we want to live in faith and trust. But um, I guess another one I'm just thinking from personal experience is when a challenge comes up, like I can't do this or I'm helpless over it, or I don't know, you know, you almost like feeling weak over the situation would probably be another form of. Yeah, I think. If you, I heard one of my teachers, Michael and Monica Berg, they're doing a podcast um, uh, recently called Spiritually Hungry. And they, they said, um, they said, what, how, how do they define anxiety and stress? It's this beautiful soundbite I've never heard before. It's really beautiful. It says, when you overestimate a situation outside of you and underestimate your soul inside of you, that's what creates the overwhelm, the anxiety, the stress, and, and the reaction. And, and that's a beautiful idea because what truly can't you handle? I think there is, there is very little in the world more impressive than, than human resolve, 
I think the survival, soulful capacity within us that each of us have is, is shocking and, and mostly unknown to us that sadly is only extracted through chaos mm -hmm. to begin us to believe in ourselves. There's so much we can handle. There's so much we can do. If we lived in that proactive region, we we would shock ourselves with what we could create. And that's why I think it's so funny to me when we watch, you know, all movies that we watch are based on the hero's journey, right? And it, it's right. it's the arc of everyone's life. And we love to right. watch it in outside of ourselves without remembering that yeah. we're on that. that yeah. That's our life, everyone. That's why we get so emotional. We get emotional. We cry because I think in some level, our, 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 our soul is crying, looking at the body and its choices. And, and I think to some degree, the soul cries and, and says, you know, look, look what you could do. I mean, it's like a best friend or a child who, who is living, you know, one thousandth of, of what you know them to be. You, you can't change them. You can't do it for them, but, but it's painful. Mm. So maybe in the movie, yeah, you're right. That comes out and it's very evocative. I love that. Mm. Well, you said the power of human resolve. And I, as you said, it, I just thought about how much that moves us and how much easier it is to, I guess, have um, like a love and a tenderness towards it when we see it kind of more removed from our life. But when it's happening to us, the lack comes out and it almost, I guess, colors it and, and blurs yeah. us from being able to see that we are on a, a hero's journey. We are on a transformational uh, path, which is, which is beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and I think what you said before is so poignant because we kind of know that. I think many people, especially these days, there seems to be such a collective lift of consciousness where so much is on tap. We mm -hmm. kind of know that there is something deeper and purpose to life but we don't trust that's true. We know it's true, but don't trust it's true. And, 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 and the trust comes in every day's events and how you react and respond to, mm -hmm. to what the universe is, is, is saying. Well, you know that I'll get you there, the universe says. Mm -hmm. I'll get you there. The soul says, I'll get you there. Wow. Just, just bear with me. <laughs> Evolve, change, grow with me. Mm -hmm. when, we, when we attract this challenge, Grow with me. Go with me. We're, we're, we're going to deliver everything you've ever dreamed of. And, and then we just look at that in this little slice of life and say, nah, that's a bit uncomfortable. Mm. No, no, of course, I'm spiritual. I'm conscious. I'm completely aware that life's part of the plan. But in the moment, we'll complain. There's a great quote by a Kabbalist called Ravashlag. And he says, complaining advertises our own stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> Because in the world of cause and effect, at least some part of what we're complaining about is probably about us, mm -hmm. right? So, so it's an interesting thought. So this sort of, I guess, trust, um, I'm always curious about this and I still, it's something that I think about often and I don't have the answer. I haven't got to an answer in myself yet, but I wonder if, do you think it gets easier to trust the more you do it, even as challenges kind of mm, grow to meet you at a different level, right? Do you find that it's easier for you to trust now than it was at the beginning? So, so I think 
those two inimitable forces within you called your soul and your ego, which is about knowing thyself. That's what it means to know that you have a soul, this extraordinary divine force where you have talents and gifts that you're supposed to express and share with the world and benefit the world and change the world. Mm -hmm. And of course, the ego is its counterpart. I think those two forces in you are fed every single day by you, by our words and thoughts and actions. And I don't think it gets easier. I just think it can get easier, but it depends what you're feeding. Mm -hmm. If you're feeding your ego, I think it gets much tougher. Mm -hmm. If you're feeding your soul, I think it gets far easier. Mm -hmm. so the question of every day is like, what, what have you fed today? Have you really fed the transcendence of your ego and the expression of your soul? Mm -hmm. Or have you given into the ego, given into frustration, given into judgment, given into insecurity, given into lack of expression? Have you given in? Because if you have, your ego is stronger over you tomorrow. It's like a muscle. Mm -hmm. You will not have your soulful muscles to go out and, and do your magic in the world if you have fed your ego forever. Those muscles will not be available to you because you've not exercised them. Mm -hmm. And so I think trust is a very important consciousness muscle that when you exercise it, becomes much easier. But the ego will challenge that every step of the way. Yeah, not just with, it doesn't just grow with time. It grows when you, uh, I guess, flex it. Um, yeah. And yeah. I also, I think one of the other things about ego, and you just touched on it when you said about procrastination, is that I think it's also, it can be quite easy to feel like you don't have an ego if you're not necessarily let's say pushing yourself to share to go out of your comfort zone because I think it's very easy to feel like you don't have an ego when like you said about the comfort zone as well I'm just kind of like it's all kind of really coming together here but I think um you know if you're sitting on your couch and wondering what your purpose is and maybe you know a comfort zone could be doing too many meditations and yes, reading too yes. many books and not um because yeah. then it's easy to not and if your world is has become is becoming smaller and smaller you can feel like your love and light if the only person you see every day is the barista and you have a 5 minute conversation with them and then you know whatever it is um, so sometimes it's also that we, I guess, like avoid even seeing places where we wouldn't have, um, yeah, it's like a double trick again. Of the ego it's a huge, <laughs> it's a huge point that that's a whole separate podcast. I, I, mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting that there's a kind of a spiritual movement where we're moving from not doing to being. Yes. We're not doing, we're now being, mm -hmm. and that's great. Possibly. But but the real the 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 journey of Kabbalah is not about just doing or just being. It is about becoming. Yeah. Because the ego is going to resist change. That's the key here. It's about change, evolution, transformation, reinvention, growth, discovery. That's where the ego is going to hit. So it's not just about whether you're. The ego can get involved in, in, in making you feel like you're a spiritual guru on a mountaintop and you've just escaped life, mm -hmm. right? Some people keep themselves doing to escape life. Mm -hmm. Some people are so wary and resistant to look inside that they busy themselves 24 hours a day, but it's all escape. Mm -hmm. You can escape up a mountain and you can escape into work. But the point is, either isn't becoming. So, so what should you do? 
and, and, and what you should do is you should change. If you're someone whose nature is to sit on the couch and study all day, you got to change and get yourself outdoors and get your hands dirty. If you're someone whose nature is to go meditate on a mountain, come down, be with the people because that's where the light is. If you're someone whose nature is to keep yourself too busy, pause, breathe, introspect, find something new about yourself, stop, deal with your insights. So it's whatever you're escaping, that's what the ego will throw at you. It will mm -hmm. escape you into a darkness. Mm -hmm. Under the banner of being spiritual, oh, I'm studying spirituality, or I'm meditating 24 hours a day, right? But it's, I'm not saying it's bad. It could be great, but it, it could be escape. It mm -hmm. could be escape as well. And, mm -hmm. and if it is escape, clearly it's not becoming. So either doing or being might be an issue, but as long as you're becoming, as long as you're changing. Mm. And I, it goes back to what you said about thou shall not be angry. There isn't uh, everyone needs to do this amount this time of day and this and this and this. It's about saying, oh, hold on a second. I notice where I have a ton of resistance towards something or I jump to have a thousand reasons why that's not right for me or that isn't what I should be doing or why it's wrong or why whatever. You know, when, when you notice that spin doctor comes out. <laughs> Um, that's kind of, well, that's how I usually know I'm, you know, um, not really looking at something. Um, and I think right. if you do this long enough, if you just, you know, it's that first time of like, just being a little bit honest in a way that kind of makes you go, I don't think I really like that about myself and kind of stings a tiny bit. Um, I think this, I do think that the sting, you get more used to the sting, let's say, and you embrace the sting. I don't think the sting ever gets pleasant. I don't want to say that. But well, I, I tell you, it's, it's like, it's like a gym, right? If you are someone, you know, will you come to my office tomorrow? And there are these really torturous contraptions that mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tie you to and, and I'll break your muscles and try and break your spirit and you'll be sweating and panting and screaming for help. And by the way, I'll charge you a lot of money for that, mm -hmm. for that luxury and service, right? And most people say, I'm not I'm never going to come to that. What is it called? It's a gym. That's not mm -hmm. a good business plan. It's an awful business plan, <laughs> right? But, but we know, and it's a very interesting analogy, actually. Why, why do we go to the gym? Why do we exercise? Because we know the benefits. Mm -hmm. And if someone goes to work out and doesn't push themselves, they're disappointed in themselves and feel little benefit. So what happens is normally in the gym or some sporting exercise, we try and really sweat and push boundaries and go the extra mile and challenge ourselves and next level because we have certainty in the outcome. And because we have certainty in the outcome, pain becomes pleasure. Mm. Oh, because we want the outcome too. We're excited for because the outcome. You want, because you want, you want the outcome. Mm. And because you're certain that this process will deliver the outcome. And therefore, mm. your consciousness is keyed in to the benefit of the outcome, not the experience currently of pain. Now, if you can apply that analogy to spiritual work, then change is no longer painful. That's so powerful. Um just before I let you go, um, I also want to say that one of the things that really helps me in this process of being challenged, of overcoming, of ego, of all these kind of things is this concept that they have in Kabbalah that is so beautiful, which is replacing it with the light. Can you just talk a little bit about that from your, from your words? Right. 
there's a really if i if i know what you're talking about there's a very mm -hmm. interesting exercise we run where when you can do it live if you're with us you can do it right now you, you write down what's annoying you right now what's frustrating you right now what what upsets you challenges you tests you perhaps repetitively hopefully graphically mm. and the more dramatic the better clearly <laughs> um uh, and 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 then write down the person or the situation that's causing that that's triggering that frustration right so i didn't like it when james at work yesterday embarrassed me publicly whatever okay second question write down that list of feelings you had i felt embarrassed upset humiliated belittled in public so so you've got a nice list of adjectives now of, of 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 kind of emotions you felt because of james you felt this towards james and the last line is what did you do as a result i am currently not talking to james right i'm cutting james off and so these three things happen daily we're challenged we react and we respond in probably survival ways what the capitalist teaches nothing's by coincidence and the way that we get what we dream in life is through growth in other words each one of us wishes for things we dream of things we subconsciously desire things and as a result we're tugging on all those universal strings to give us. And the universe is simply a force of yes. When we desire, the universe has given us before we've even finished our sentence, but it kicks a mechanism into place where we will earn every great wish to achieve. And so the universe doesn't give us the gift. It gives us the process to achieve the gift, which is far more fulfilling far more fulfilling. So if I'm a very impatient person, maybe the universe will throw at me slow lanes. Every time I shift lane in traffic, it becomes the slow lane, slow people, people that talk too slowly that can't spit their point out, cues, right? Being stuck on hold for four hours. Why? Because that is the response to my wish to achieve, to evolve me into my achievement. That's how the universe gives us. The universe gives us the ability to grow into our dreams. And so everything comes from the universe as a result. And so in class, what we do is we flip that. It's not that you were fired by James or humiliated by James. You were humiliated by the universe, by the light, by this force of giving. You felt anger, frustration towards the universe. And as a result, you cut the universe off. You're not talking to the universe. And so you replace the person with the universe, with the light, because that's what's happening. And so you start to see how actually me interacting with life every second is a constant process of achievement. I'm not being frustrated. I've been gifted perfectly, perfectly in perfect measures, quantities, and qualities, the change necessary to achieve every goal.
if I want love, if I want success, if I want freedom, if I want to wake up in the morning, just feel great. The daily challenges, not by coincidence, the universe throws at me, is the exact measure of change necessary to achieve those dreams. And if I can start to practice that, there is nothing I can't achieve. Nothing. When I tell you this is just a drop of how every single one of Marcus's classes go, like just run, don't walk, <laughs> because I can hand on heart say that I wouldn't have, how do I say this, mm, been able to actualize or be motivated to actualize um, past a very very different me that I'm just so glad that I got the chance to um unbecome or to transform so um I mean Marcus I could just you know pick your brains all day but just please come back soon and um please tell people where they can find you um what are the things that I mean you know you're offering so much I would you know the power of Kabbalah one is just an incredible foundational life like fund at the fundamental level life-changing course that is it will remunerate for I mean decades when how long ago did I first take it 12 years ago um and it's still you know I still think about replacing it with a light daily now you know more than so many other things I've taken in so all that to say where can people get more get more Kabbalah get more Marcus get more tools give them all of the stuff Kabbalah (laughs) Kabbalah.com, K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H.com has a, a global site and, and tens of thousands of classes and courses and topics and geographies and languages. So it'll keep you happy for a long time. Um, if you're interested to study more, um, my Instagram is uh, it's pretty active and you're welcome to message me and I can direct you into business or relationship or meditation formats as you need. And that's uh, I am Marcus Weston. That was really um, easy to find. And, you know, if you are a book reader, there's some incredible books on there. If you're a course taker, if you want one-on-one, like there's so many different ways to interact because it really is a its whole um, universe and system. If you just like tools, there's tools. If you just like practices, there's practices. So there, I mean, you guys really have every, every initial preference covered. And, you know, when I first met you, the first class I ever came to of yours was a business uh class because that's right. what hooked me and that was my interest so i also just yeah. want to tell people there's no wrong way to get it go for what you first think you need you think you're you know it's kind of hotel california i think it's like it's a, it's a big deal <laughs> because you know, imagine this and perhaps this is the closing thought imagine this right imagine if if everyone has the consciousness of total responsibility and and desire desire to truly express their souls and transcend their egos and and understand the world of cause and effect and change themselves. Imagine if if that consciousness lives in global leadership, Mm. probably through business avenues. And, And secondly, imagine if every single primary school in the world understood the nature of the ego and the nature of challenges and how to be happy, because no one's taught how to be happy or successful at school still. In very few cultures, perhaps no cultures, is anyone taught as a kid 
How am I supposed to be happy this life or successful this life, according to my definition? You know, it doesn't happen. So imagine if you have global leadership and primary school all over the world studying these kinds of conscious, practical workshops. You, you change the world. You change the world. It's that fast. Mm. And so that's what we, 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 we hopefully, not hopefully, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. That is what you do. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.